This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show! Welcome to another episode of I Am Gotham, and uh, this is another of the animated series episodes. So, of course, if I talk animated series, I have to have Jay Loving from the Best of the Rest podcast. I'm doing well. Doing well. Yourself? I'm doing all right. I'm drinking some uh, hopium, or maybe it's hopium. I don't know. It's a very hoppy beer. It just sounds like a narcotic to me. <laughs> hopium. hopium. I'm like, okay. So, so we can't buy beer on Sundays where I live. We need to right. go. To, we need to go to the next county over. So I, I went to Trader Joe's because they have this hibiscus beer that is delicious, but they were sold out, so I had to get this. Yeah, it used to be that way. The whole state of Texas, years ago, used to not be able to buy beer, mm-hmm. and so and they'd stop selling like. I think nine o'clock on Saturday night. So, if you went to any grocery store or package store about eight thirty on Saturday night, it was always just packed with people because they were like, <laughs> "Oh shit, I got to get my beer for tomorrow." Yeah, see, uh, first it's seven. And actually, when I, when I lived in Texas, the Walmart there even had freaking. Uh, oh wait, no, that wasn't in Texas. That's when I went to Arizona. The Walmart sells like hard liquor, like vodka and whiskey right. and all kinds of crap. And I was like, "What the hell?" My wife and I were amazed. Anyways, we're not here to talk about beer. We're here to talk about Batman, Jay. Okay. Get with the program, bro. Quit distracting well, I'm not me. I'm drinking beer. You are. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, we're talking about episode three of the animated series. Uh, let's see. Nothing to fear. It is the first appearance of the Scarecrow in the animated series. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read the little blurb from, uh, from this real quick. Says Batman encounters a scarecrow and attempts to foil his scheme to burn down Gotham University, but in the process is exposed to the scarecrow's fear gas and is forced to face his own guilt over the death of his parents. All right. So before we get started on this, I gotta say because after we talk about this, we're gonna be talking about episode four for a different episode. But uh, you know, when we first started doing these, I kind of wondered what the why they changed the order in the in the box set as opposed to the air dates and it seems like what they're doing is themes and i haven't gotten very far ahead um i watched uh, episode five today which is poison ivy but it seems like they're doing them in themes because episodes three four and five are all like poison related things and actually, it was weird, too, because I watched the Batman vs. Two-Face movie today, and that's also <laughs> the main plot point of that movie. Um, so it could be pure coincidence, but maybe that's kind of what it is. Um, and actually, after after we watched episode two, a lot of characters start that got introduced in that episode start popping up. Uh, in the rest of the series, so it, it maybe it kind of makes sense that they put that one episode completely out of order, at least. Because um, yeah. in in that episode, you've got uh, of course the Joker, you've got Alfred, you've got Dick, um, you've got uh, Summer Gleason, the reporter. Um, you got a lot of important characters in there, so maybe it kind of didn't make sense to have that there. But Scarecrow, how familiar are you with Scarecrow? 
Not a lot. I know that he's. I know he's a. He's been in the DC or in Batman for a long time. I think he's a Bill Finger creation. Well, sir, you are correct. Uh, as a matter of fact, I tweeted out. I know you replied to it. I just read uh, World's Finest yeah. number three, and uh, that was the first appearance of Scarecrow. And it's a it's a short story. It's like I don't know, six seven pages maybe. Um, and World's Finest is a lot like Batman used to be in the Golden Age, where it has like you know five or six stories. Um, World's Finest is a little thicker than that. They were all hundred page issues. But right. uh, yeah, the first appearance of Scarecrow is in that, which I hadn't planned on reading World's Finest. But uh, after I watched this episode, I was like, yeah, let me go do a little bit of research on Scarecrow. And I went and looked back and I was like, World's Finest number three, 1941. And I was like, huh, that's pretty early. Because aside from uh, from Hugo Strange, the the rest of the villains don't pop up. Uh, I think for another year or so. I think Penguin's the next one. And uh, that's Detective 58. So that would be 1942, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so it's pretty interesting to have Scarecrow appear so early in the comics, but not really be a big part of uh, Batman canon in the, in the comic books themselves until much, much later. Because yeah. um, I think he showed up in that book, then maybe once more... And then he didn't show up again till much, much later. Uh, Batman 168. So that would have been like late 50s, maybe? Something along that line. Yeah, yeah so that's a long time for him not to show up. Uh, but even in that one story, he uh, his origin story is pretty much set. And uh, they, they deal with the origin story in this episode as well. So he's a, a psych professor at a at Gotham University, and his specialty is fear. And uh, as a result of the crazy experiments that he does, the the professor, whatever, whoever else, the board of the university uh, decides that they're going to fire him because he's doing kind of unethical experiments on on people and animals. And uh, he even admits that he's always kind of been a creep, really, right? Because they do that yeah. flashback scene to when he's a kid in school. And he's just running around school with snakes, like throwing them at little kids. Uh, mm-hmm. A little weird. Definitely a sociopath from uh, early on. And uh, the one thing that don't explain here that they do explain in World's Finest is how he got the name Scarecrow. Uh, so, so in that story, it's the same origin story. Um, and when he gets fired, they kind of make fun of him. They're like, oh, that weirdo, he kind of looks like a scarecrow. And so as a result of that, he decides to take on that name. Because, you know, he's real skinny. He's got the long legs, long arms. Um, and so that's why he takes the name. But there's no fear toxin in that issue. Uh, but the fear toxin does play a big part here. And it's always kind of been a big part in in scarecrow scarecrow stories um so that was cool to see in in this particular book or in, in the episode i mean um and that's one thing i love about the animated series you know it it does pay a lot of homage to to all the batman stories uh, but it does change a few things to make them more palatable in uh i guess for a tv show yeah I agree. Yep. 
I mean, you have to. I mean, you can't expect it to be completely in line with comic book continuity. Well, I don't. I mean, depends who you ask, right? <laughs> well, that's true. But for me, I've never expected animated or TV shows or films to ever, because they're just they're different forms of art. Mm-hmm. You cannot translate 100% between one and the other. Yep. Yep, I agree. So now, if you could just get all the fanboys to agree to that, which you'll never do. Well, you'll never do that. You'll never do that. Um, and I, you know, one of the fanboys have always felt that way, or if it's just a, a social media thing. Um, I, from someone who's been a comic book fan long before there was social media, it's been that way <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, I guess. Always, I guess. See, like, so, so I've been a comic fan for a long time. Um, but, uh, even before there were, like, forums or anything, I never went to, like, comic book forums. I didn't have friends that, like, were really, really into comics until I became an adult. So, I, I, I wasn't exposed to any of that until, I guess, the last few years, right? Getting on Twitter and Facebook and stuff, so. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. People are just a-holes. Well, yeah, but I mean, to say, I'm not, well, I don't want to get off too far on this tangent, but <laughs> it's just people get very invested in these characters, and it's almost like they they own these characters. Mm-hmm. If you're a Batman fan, it's like, no, Batman, Batman's mine, and this is what Batman should be, you know, this is what you know, Spider-Man should be, if you want to give a nod to Marvel. I mean, and so they get, they just get very protective. Mm-hmm. And anything that seems like, you know, is going about what they shouldn't do, they just get really defensive about it. Yeah. Which I can, yeah, I guess it can be assholeish, but I mean, <laughs> I kind of understand what they do. Doing, I mean, yeah, I you guess. know, I mean, some people might, some, you know, some people might not like, uh, <clears throat> you know, a more emo Batman. Oh, <laughs> uh, DC would never do that. No, they wouldn't ever do that. <laughs> uh, there's a uh, there's some really cool stuff about this episode though, and and I you know I I wanted to ask you um, because reading a lot of Golden Age lately, like I've been uh, the the main villain in the Golden Age is really the Joker, and right. I guess the the Joker has become pretty much synonymous with Batman, right? And you know, you've got all those crazy fan theories about what would happen. I'm, right now, we're seeing it with White Knight, right? The the what's his name? Sean Phillips. Yeah, Sean Murphy. Sean Murphy, the Sean Murphy book. Uh, we're like, what would Batman be without the Joker or Joker without Batman? Uh, like, you know, Snyder played with that when he was doing Batman as well. A lot of guys have tried to tackle that stuff. But uh, I gotta say, reading all these books from the Golden Age, where Every issue of Batman has at least one story with the Joker. Uh, I'm a little Jokered out, man. And so I'm curious, with all the stuff that we learn about Batman in this particular episode, why do you think that maybe the Joker resonated better with people than a character like Scarecrow? Because Scarecrow seems to me to be a little more of, of, a, of an opposite of... Batman. Um, although maybe they they're more similar than he and Joker are. I don't know. Maybe that's what the difference is. 
it's hard to say because I'm I haven't read probably as much Golden Age as you have, but I've read some and I've read several of the early Joker stories. And you know, originally he's pretty much a two dimensional character. Mm-hmm. I mean, he just you know he's just evil and does what he does, but he, there's not really a lot of character development. So I don't see from that perspective, you know, why he res necessarily why he resonated more so than others. Uh, I can in more modern comics because of the way that he's portrayed because he's just you know he's he's the antithesis of Batman mm-hmm. you know he need, he doesn't want to despite the way he acts he doesn't he doesn't want to destroy Batman doesn't want to kill him because he knows without Batman um, you know there's no you know there's no, in fact there'll be a later there's a later episode here in the animated series where Batman supposedly, quote-unquote, gets killed. Mm-hmm. And the Joker, Mark Hamill, the Joker, he makes a comment. He said, without Batman, crime has no punchline. <laughs> yeah, I like that. And so, I don't, you know, I don't, I can't, I don't know if I can answer that question. I don't know why some characters, but, you know. But I agree. I, as much as I think I like the Joker as a character and I like Batman stories, you couldn't do that all the time it would just get stale oh absolutely well and I mean I, I don't want to talk about this now because we're going to talk about a Joker episode next but that's right. that's why there was no Joker stories for like 35 years because I think people kind of got worn out of the Joker and they needed to try something new you know yeah. Um, but yeah I guess it, it's interesting I just there's so much about Bruce's mentality in this episode um, I would say this might be one of the deeper episodes in terms of learning about Bruce, not as Batman. Right. Um, I be- agree. Because when he gets doused with, uh, with the scarecrow's poison, he, he sees Thomas Wayne. Um, like there's a fire and the fire turns into Thomas and he's like, you know, Bruce, I'm so disappointed in you. Like, you know, you're, you're ruining the family line or something like that. Right, something to that effect, um, and and so that's when we learn his greatest fear is disappointing his dad, who right. I mean, which is kind of odd, right? Because his his dad would be dead for like I don't know twenty five thirty years by this point. Um, but that that's still kind of one of the things that shaped him into being Batman. So of course it's it's important to his central character. Um, yeah. And then early in this episode, that professor, Dr. Long, I can't remember. Yeah, Dr. Long. You know, he plants that idea into his head in the elevator. Because mm-hmm. he's like, I knew your father, and he would be, you know, Wayne. Now, the, the name Wayne now just stands for a jet-setting playboy, and your parents right. your dad would be very disappointed. In you. So it kind of planted that seed, and I'm, you know, wondering if you thought, well, you know, is that true? Would my dad approve of what I'm doing. Well, it seems like that would be something that would be in the back of his head regardless, right? Yeah. Because, um, I mean, he wouldn't really have known his parents very well when they died. You know, and he's lived most of his life without them. Uh, so whatever idea he's got of them would be pretty idealized, you know? Um, I mean, I don't know how well you remember something from 30 years ago, but I gotta tell you, I got a hard time remember breakfast this morning. You know what I'm saying? So... 
Uh, I agree. Yeah, I agree. it's a little tough. Uh, but you know, he would have created this like perfect image of him, and now that's kind of messing with his head with the Joker vent or with the with the Scarecrow poison, uh, which makes sense, right? It, it's supposed to bring out your greatest fear in yourself. Um, Correct. And, and that plays out throughout the episode. So when he's watching, when he goes back to Alfred, and he's watching the news reports about all these people going crazy. Um, oh, it's it's after the. Uh, after the scarecrow tries to steal the box of money, right at the university, yes. uh, I'll, I'll talk about that in a second. But so, so he's watching the news report, and it's Summer Gleason, and she, he's like, she she's talking about the what happened at the at the gala, the the fundraiser, and she's like, and Batman has failed, and that gets repeated like three or four times, right? And like you get it zooms into her face, um, and of course she's not repeating herself, but that's the the poison kind of acting up on his psychology a little bit yes. um and that was good and and that's when you get the really good moment with alfred uh which i loved um because he's like bruce is like you know i think I, I may have disappointed my parents like maybe i'm not what they want me to be and alfred's like you know i, I knew your parents for a long time they'd be very proud of you um, your father would be proud of you because I know I'm proud of you. And right. that was a really touching moment, too. Because, I mean, Alfred is pretty much his dad, right? He's he's yeah. raised him his entire life. Um, and he he was there before even his parents died. So Well, depends what history you look at, I guess. But uh, so that, that was a nice touching moment. But uh, since, since we were talking about the fundraiser... I found it really funny that with the amount of crime in Gotham City, you have this fundraiser for the university. You have all these rich people there giving money and checks and whatever. And you just let them throw cash and checks into a cardboard box. Yes. (laughs) Which I guess maybe isn't a cardboard box, right? Because when when Scarecrow pops in with his henchmen... Uh, and Long picks up the box. It's more like a suitcase. But I mean, really, it's still a suitcase. Yes. So yes. that was a little weird. Um, go ahead. No, I mean, I was, yeah, I mean, given Gotham City, I was just going to say, I went years ago, I went to a art gallery fundraiser. Mm-hmm. And, but, and they did kind of the same thing. Really? Uh, they had a person walking around with this box. It, I didn't see any lot of. There was some cash, but it was mostly checks that people were throwing in. But yeah, people were just dumping, you know, putting checks and stuff into, a, you know, this person uh, attendant that was walking around. <laughs> so it's not unprecedented. But yeah, you'd be thinking Gotham City. There's, there's got to be a hundred criminals lurking about, right? For, you think they'd have like a safe with a slot on the top? You know, you just throw the money in the <laughs> slot. I don't know, man. And then they just have Professor Long like watching over the money. There's no security or anything. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm, re- I'm reading too much into it. I just thought it was kind of weird. But uh, Scarecrow pops in to take the money. And, uh, of course, he wants revenge for getting fired. And uh, he comes in to take the money and spreads his poison to all the guests. And that's how he manages to get away. Because his henchmen are pretty terrible, Jay. Yeah, they're... they're uh... I think think I don't think 
if you added all their IQs together, I don't think you'd still get a hundred. <laughs> but but with the poison, he does manage to freak everybody there out, and so they all think that Batman is a giant bat, and they go and attack him with their purses. Right. And dude, that one lady, <laughs> that one lady, must have had a lot of pennies in her purse because every time she smacked Batman, you heard the coins jiggling. <laughs> yes. I thought that was pretty funny. It was pretty funny, but uh, yeah. So anyway, so as it turns, so let's get to the resolution. I good, I guess. Um, Scarecrow wants to disseminate his poison to all of Gotham, um, right. and so he's up on this blimp, and Batman, of course, realizes, "Hey, this is the Scarecrow's blimp." Um, Which you know, if you if you've just committed a crime, <laughs> a grand larceny, the best getaway vehicle is a slow-moving airship. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, it's the only way to go. You got to travel in I style. Love, I, I, I actually I love the blimps they have in this thing. It's like nearly every episode they have one. Oh yeah, absolutely. So he's getting away in this blimp, and uh, Batman kind of hops up on it, and uh, before he goes to attack Scarecrow and his henchmen. He has another Thomas Wayne flashback, uh, telling him pretty much the same thing. And this is when we get, I think, one of the most iconic lines, Batman lines, of anything. Like comics, movies, TVs, anything. He, he, he looks, he's still you know, suffering from the, the poison, so he's, he's having hallucinations. He looks at this hallucination and he says, You're not my father, I'm not a disgrace. I am, uh, I am vengeance. I am the knight. I am Batman. And when I heard that, yeah. I said, "F yeah." Yeah. I, I have you ever seen Kevin Conroy at a con? No, I have not. I have haven't either live, but I've seen a number of YouTube videos that were taken at cons that he appeared at, and every one of them he does that line. Really? He says he says that line at every one of them, and, <sighs> people, and the crowd just goes nuts. I love it. It's so good. It's so good. It's like the ultimate uh, I'm Batman, I'm a badass line. Yep. Yeah, I love it. So uh, that's when he kind of, you know, gets rid of his fear, attacks the Scarecrow. Uh, It doesn't kill the henchmen because one falls on an awning. The other one falls on a tree that's growing on the top of a building for some reason. Um, And then he fights the Scarecrow. Scarecrow gets away because he's got a glider hidden inside the blimp. Because of course you would, right? Yep. Um, and then you get to see a little detective logic. So as he's getting away, he finally gets the analysis of... He, he had a piece of cloth from the Scarecrow. And uh, he has the chemical analysis of it. And there's five companies that uh, make this chemical in Gotham City. And he's like, okay, cross-reference people that went to Gotham State University with people that work at any of these companies. And so, of course, it beca- it's Crane Chemicals who's, that's run by Crane, uh, who's a scarecrow. And so now Batman knows where to go. Now, let me tell you, one of my favorite things about Batman is that he's a freaking awesome detective. Right. However, you don't need a whole lot of detective skills to figure this one out. And how convenient that there's only one person that went to Gotham University that works at any of these five giant companies? I thought that was a little too easy. Oh. 
Well, though, though the computer did say he was professor. You know, when it was it was coming back, giving him the answer to his inquiry. He did say that he was a professor that specialized in phobias. Yeah, but so that's yeah, right. So that's the second part, right? So when they cross-reference people that worked in Gotham University with people that worked in these companies. Crane's the only one that shows up. And he's like, okay, pull up the profile on Crane. He's like, okay, yeah, he, he worked at Gotham University. As a psych professor, his expertise was fear. And that's when Batman's like, okay, this is definitely the guy. But what I'm saying is, do you honestly think that you have all these chemical companies in Gotham and that only one person went to Gotham University that works at all these places? I mean, oh, I, yeah, so, that's so, a so let me tell you. So when I watched episode five, which is the Poison Ivy episode, guess where Poison Ivy works? Gotham University. So, I mean, mm-hmm. like her name could have come up. You know what I'm saying? Right. That's already two people. And I'm sure like, I don't know. It felt a little weak, but, but I get, I get, I mean, it's a 22 minute episode, right? So it's not like right. you, you can have Batman spending 20 minutes trying to figure out who the scarecrow is, but. Um, it just it, it felt a little too easy, but still it was awesome. Cause you know what, my first thought was like, well, that was too easy, and then I was like, you know what, f yeah, cause he just detected some stuff. Yeah, um, I agree. so it was cool. So he goes to Crane Chemicals, he sees Crane there. Um, one of his fear gas uh, tanks is leaking, so he goes to close it, and of course, I don't, how he didn't realize that, that it was fear gas tank, I don't know. But now he's been sprayed with the fear gas, and he starts seeing bats. And, of course, that's how Batman takes him down. Yeah. Because now he's too afraid of him, which is nice because that's, that's a callback to Batman's origin story where, you know, he uses the symbol of the bat because criminals are afraid of bats. Yeah, exactly. So that was cool. What are the thoughts you have on this episode? Ah, uh, no, that, I think we pretty much covered it. I mean, it was, like I said, it was, I enjoyed it. I think it was a good introduction to the Scarecrow character. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I'm definitely a villain that I, you know, some villains you look at and you think, okay, well, if they don't come back, if they don't make another appearance, I'm okay. I, yeah. No, no big deal. But you want to see more of this, this one. Yep, I agree. I agree. Um, especially when they do, like, the darker aspects of the character. Um, yeah, yeah. Like he was in the movie. Which one was it? The first one, right? Uh, the Batman Begins. Batman Begins. Yeah. First Nolan movie. Yeah. Yep. But even then, like he didn't seem very imposing, because um, even though he was key to the plot, it almost seemed like I don't know. He didn't feel that scary. No, because in Batman Begins, he was mostly a flunky for Raz al Ghul mm-hmm. or Ra's al Ghul however you want to pronounce it it's it's Raz for us people I know it's Raz. us old people that didn't have TV and movies <laughs> uh, I've always said Raz but uh, that, yeah um, yep it's no. trendy now hipster to say Ra's now so oh uh, well since I'm a hipster I guess I gotta change the way I say it <laughs> yeah <laughs> cool well, no, and the other thing I think you already touched on this is a good episode to show a little bit more about Bruce. Oh, know, yeah. That he He's not invincible. He has foils. He has weaknesses. He has doubts, you know, which I think is really what's 
has always been a large part of the appeal of the character, certainly to me, and I think for the larger audience. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and that's what makes Batman special, right? Like, he's just a guy with... I mean, like, he's just a really smart guy. He's a rich guy, as Ben Affleck says in Justice League. His superpower is being rich. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but that's it. He's just a regular guy, and he's he's got a lot of personal issues, and you know, I think everybody can kind of relate to that in some way or another. So, agreed. Yeah, awesome episode. I loved it. Um, that was episode three, and uh, let's see. Next time we talk animated series, we'll be talking episode four, which is the last laugh. But until then. Yes. You can find Jay at JayForgets on Twitter. I'm at Geekvine. And uh, that's it. See me an email, nerdylegion at gmail.com. And we'll catch you next time.